Hello and welcome to another unexciting episode of the Hashtag Pistons Podcast. I'm Joe, I'm your host, joined as usual by Piston Powered's own Koo Cahill. You can find him on Twitter at NBA. Read him at Piston Powered where he is the site expert, the editor-in-chief, and he also occasionally makes appearances on my site, truckthoughts.com. You can find me, Joe, on Twitter at Joe underscore truck. Read me on my site, Truck Thoughts. You can read me on Palace of Pistons, Piston Powered, and, of course, Hashtag Basketball. So, um, today, we're going to, obviously, there's not a game to talk about. There was a game last night. We talked a lot about that. That did nothing but bring sadness to us. (laughs) So, uh, we're going to talk about some other things today. And, most notably, one of the bigger things to come from today is that, allegedly, via reports, the Detroit Pistons have made at least some preliminary, um, you know, sort of kicked the tires at least on a Markel Fultz trade. Um, This was first actually reported by the Sixers SB Nation blog, Liberty Ballers, Um, but it's been thrown around by a few other guys. Rod Beard talked about it today and whatnot, so there's at least some truth to it. Obviously, that's, um, you know... (laughs) Kicking the tires is not the same thing as really making serious inroads, but still, something to talk about. Um, Ku, I know that you've got an awful lot of thoughts on this, so you could start off. What do you think about um, possibility of going after Mark Helfoltz? Um, I want us to go all in after Mark Helfoltz. Yep, you guys heard me. For like the whole summer, I was talking to Joe, and I've been telling him that the type of player the Pistons are going to need to get is a young player who's cheap, who has loads of potential that their team has given up on. And Marco Fultz is exactly, he fits exactly what I was talking about. I think that he's already a good passer. He's already a good defender. He's extremely athletic. It's really just his shoulder and his shot. And with him going to therapy now uh, to fix his shoulder after what seems like after two years, finally someone uh, diagnosed him correctly, which by the way, the 76ers training staff and organization should be ashamed of themselves, but it took them two years. He finally got the right diagnosis and now he's finally getting his shoulder right with what is supposed to be the right diagnosis. So if he could get healthy and get his shoulder fine and get his shot back, get his form back to what it used to be, then who knows how good this kid could be because he was the number one pick for a reason. It wasn't like he just got picked number one for no reason. This guy was amazing. So if he can get his shoulder right and he ends up finding his shot again, his form back, then that would be an absolute steal for the Pistons, and that's a, that's the kind of risk reward that the Pistons need to make. You get Marco Foles for, let's say, we've me and Joe have tossed this around a little bit, uh, talking about who we trade, probably like, Reggie Bullock and Ish, maybe a pick, maybe Reggie Bullock is going to be Reggie Bullock and Ish will probably be the two players. You get Marco Fultz back on a cheap contract. Reggie Jackson is expiring next year, so you have Reggie Jackson's replacement on the team already, and it make and Reggie Jackson becoming expiring just makes it easier to move him. So with Reggie Jackson's replacement already on the roster. You can do so many more things with uh, if you were wanting to trade Reggie Jackson. Now, that's jumping quite a bit into the future, but these are all kinds of reasons why I believe we should go after Marco Fultz. And I think this not only does kick the tires and, like, 
pursue a little. I think we should go all out for him. I I think this is something that the Pistons need to pounce on. It's not every day that a first round pick, a first overall pick, and it's not like Omar Fultz is just awful. His shots messed up. His shoulders messed up. He's a good passer. He's extremely athletic. If you watch the Pistons game against the 76ers earlier in the year, he had a nice chase down block. He just, if he gets his shot together, he's going to warrant that first overall pick. And I think that's a, a bet the Pistons should take their chance on, especially knowing now that it may have been just injury instead of this little mental thing that everyone's going around. It, mental obviously is kicking in now because his shot, he, he's had so much to deal with and he's trying to prove everything. But with it being an injury, now being uh, told to be an injury concern, there's more hope that once his shoulder gets back, he'll be okay. So, Joe, go ahead. Um, so there's a few things that I'd add on to that. First off, um, I'm not quite as gung-ho about it as you, but I very much agree that the Pistons should certainly be making an effort. Um, there's a limit to how much I'd want to give up for him, and within that I'm willing to accept that um, another team could very well outbid the Pistons, but I certainly would hope that they make at least some efforts to you know, see if they could get him for something. And the main thing that I'd like to add on to what you said is to sort of elaborate on why exactly Markel Fultz makes so much sense. Because it's not just because, well, he's a former first overall pick. You have a chance to go get this guy. So there's a couple of things. So first off is that, like you said, Markel Fultz is not a guy who was like a joke of a first overall pick or anything like that. Like that dude was incredible in college. Like there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like this isn't the case of, and you know, I mean, there's countless guys. I mean, the most obvious one is probably Anthony Bennett where it's like, Guys get drafted really high overall, and it's kind of like, you know, maybe they'll end up being good, and then after a year or two, it's like, no, this guy's clearly, you know, he he was a high pick, but he's not, he's, he's not that. Like, he ain't that. That's just what he was picked. Like, Marco Fultz, that guy was legit in college. He has all the tools. So that's the main thing is that, first off, he absolutely does have that kind of potential. When you say he's a former number one overall pick, that's not just a thing to try and convince yourself that a bad player still has potential. Um, but the main reason why the Pistons should really be looking into him is that, and we've talked about this before, but as far as trying to upgrade at any positional spot, particularly point guard, though, is very difficult for the Pistons because no one's going to really want Reggie Jackson. Because, and the thing is that the Pistons are in a situation that even though Reggie Jackson is imperfect, he's got some problems. We talked about that on the last podcast. We're probably going to talk about some more tonight. But the reality is he's better than Ish Smith. He's like, he's, he's kind of what they've got. And, you know, it's not like there's some tanking team with a starting caliber point guard who the Pistons can go get. And it's not like a team with a better point guard than Reggie Jackson that's trying to win games right now is going to give up their point guard for Reggie Jackson. So it just works out to be in a situation where trying to upgrade the point guard spot is very, very difficult for the Pistons this season at least. And then that's why trading for Markel Fultz, if you don't give up Reggie Jackson, would make so much sense. Because then you get Markel Fultz 
And then Reggie Jackson is still your starting point guard. Like, you still got Reggie Jackson. You don't have to worry about, well, (laughs) is Jose Calderon your starting point guard now? Or are you going to shoehorn a wing into that spot and hope for the best? Like, you don't have to worry about that. For all his flaws, you still have the sort of basic competence of Reggie Jackson. As, like, he's not, you know, I'm... I'm trying to curb it there because everyone seems to have completely (laughs) lost faith in Reggie Jackson. But there's at least like, okay, he's not a total disaster as a point guard. But you also now have a guy who, if he works out, you have your replacement for Reggie Jackson. So it just, it really would be, it would basically, it's probably their best opportunity to try and upgrade the point guard spot without taking a massive risk on their team. Because, like, there's a couple of other guys. Basically, if you trade for any young point guard or anything else, if you give up Reggie Jackson and do not get back a surefire starting point guard, it's a huge risk. There's no way around that. And so this would be a really good option for them to try and do that. Um, And like you said, uh, the trade idea that we've mostly kicked around would be something along the lines of Bullock and Ishmith maybe including a pick. It may also take potentially Stanley Johnson or Bruce Brown or Kyrie, um, Kyrie, Kyrie Thomas. That's his name, right? Kyrie Thomas. Yeah, it's Kyrie Thomas. <laughs> I had a little bit of a brain fart there, but you know, it may take some extra things, but the reasoning behind that, once again, just to elaborate a little bit. So first off, um, Reggie Bullock, obvious reasons, wing got wing player, really good shooter. The Sixers really need some more shooting he can fit in with any sort of a team. He's on a really cheap contract this year. And then also they'd have his bird rights if they wanted to keep him around. He could kind of fill in a similar role to what uh, Robert Covington was doing. He's not the same defender Robert Covington is, obviously. But he could do the same sort of a thing with that. Um, and then Ish Smith, it's not as obvious, but he'd be a point guard for them. And then the main thing with him that I really do think that would make the Sixers interested in him is that you have to remember that their GM is Elton Brand. And Elton Brand actually played for the Sixers a couple of years ago when they were fully in the process. And when he was playing there, Ishmith was also there. So just based off of the way that so often former players do things as GM and as a coach or whatever, when they go too quickly, oftentimes they overvalue that sort of a thing. So I would guess that the Sixers would have quite a bit of interest in getting Ishmith as well. Now, once again, Ishmith and Reggie Bullock on its own, that'll be a pretty low price to pay. I would be surprised if someone else didn't put up more than that. But I mean, I guess that's the question that I guess that I pose to you now, Ku. Alright, so if that's your starting point, which I think we both agree, and pretty much I would say almost all Pistons fans would agree, if your starting point is Ishmith Re- Reggie Bullock. Pretty much anybody would go for that, I would think. Like, that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, but once again, my guess is, unless Elton Brand really loves Ishmith, like to the point that it's just like, okay, they're just going to do something stupid here, um, it probably would take at least something extra. What would be the most you would be willing to give up in addition to those two guys for Markel Fultz? A protected first. A protected first. Would you give that's up Stanley that, Johnson? I wanna, would I give up Stanley? Hmm. Go, don't do this to me. <laughs> Would you give up Stanley Johnson to get Markel Fultz? And I am also giving up Bullock and Ish. Yep, this is in addition. No. Nope. Would you give up Bruce Brown? 
<laughs> Probably. Probably. See, that's the... It's kind of funny how we think about it. Because Bruce Brown... <laughs> you should... You should definitely be okay with throwing Bruce Brown in there. Like, that's a yeah. that's a fact. We should be... I know that we're all getting attached to him. He's fun to watch. That, that's why. But, look, you should be willing to give up Bruce Brown. I'd be okay with putting Stanley Johnson in there, too. Um, I'd be hesitant to put Stanley Johnson in there as much as anything just because of the fact that <laughs> who are the Pistons starting on the wing now? And if they that's did that, like... <laughs> Luke Kennard's now a starter, and Langston Galloway. And if you and if you trade probably. Stanley, if you trade Stanley, then you pretty much have nobody to guard guard any wings. Okay, so here let's change this up. Okay, you're not getting rid of Reggie Bullock. You're getting rid of Stanley instead. Ish Smith and Stanley Johnson. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's probably a better deal for the Pistons because then you keep shooting. And then you probably end up resigning Bullock in the offseason and keep his shooting. So <laughs> the Pistons would probably absolutely want to probably do that. Unless, I mean, I don't know, because Vince said, the way Vince talks about it, he makes it, Vince seems like, from and what we've Vince, heard. Vince more, is Vincent Ellis, of course, the uh, beat yeah, writer yeah. for the Free Press. Yeah, Vince is more pro Stanley, at least from what we've heard in the offseason, if it comes push and shove, who to get. It's Stanley, he's he said. But I, I think I, I have to think that the Pistons probably value Bullock over Stanley right now. I'd have to think that. I mean, I but probably I mean, would do think I'm wrong? No. I mean it's hard to say. I think they're still they're still pretty close for a few reasons. So first off I'd value Stanley. First off and I think they are within the organization too, because so first off, one thing that's important to remember, okay? especially important with the Pistons cap situation. Reggie Bullock is an unrestricted free agent. Stanley Johnson is a restricted free agent. And there's a very good chance that Stanley Johnson ends up making less money than Reggie Bullock next year. And we all know the Pistons have been very clear. They want to dodge the luxury tax. So even if it's not by a lot, even like $3 million less per year, that can make a big difference. So that's one thing Stanley Johnson has going for him before anything else. But sort of tied into that is, first off, if you give up Stanley Johnson, what is your what is the small forward position? I mean, Bullock is, can kind of play small forward. We've seen Glenn Robinson. I mean, if you trade Stanley Johnson, when Glenn Robinson comes back, he's playing major minutes at small forward. Like, that's just... Glenn Robinson and Luke Kennard are playing major minutes at small forward. Which, I mean, <laughs> not... May work out, but that's a little bit scary. I mean, it's a little bit. It's not as bad as the potential of giving up Reggie Jackson, but it's a little bit of a similar thing with Stanley Johnson, where it's like if you give up Stanley Johnson, his minutes have got to be filled by somebody, and you'd be taking a risk. So, and yeah. obviously, it, you'd rather take that risk with your backup small forward slash power forward than your starting point guard, obviously. But it's still a risk, and I think that's that'd be a risk worth taking to get Markel Fultz. But I don't. I'm, I don't. I, after after listening to you talk, I think I'm I've hopped off completely. I would. I probably wouldn't give up Stanley. Ooh. Because like, let me let me give you let me tell you why. 
first of all, I think the 76ers, I, first of all, I don't think the 76ers would want Stanley instead of Bullock. They need shooting really bad. Well, so yeah, I, 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 do agree, I do agree with that. Yeah, so I think they would much. I think the big piece here is Bullock. They would love to have Bullock. So I think he's like the big thing. Okay, here, here, hold up a sec. Okay, what if swap out is Smith, Stanley Johnson, Bullock, no. and Stanley Johnson? No, nope, no, not going Reggie Bullock and Stanley Johnson. No, I'm not. You can't, well, it kind of ties into the same reason why I was saying before. Like, if you give up Stanley. Okay, let's say you're giving up Reggie Bullock and, and Ish. If you then give up Stanley with that, you don't have it. You're looking at what, like you said, Luke Kennard, Langston, or Luke Kennard, GR3. Yeah, well, okay, you, here's the thing, all right? If the Pistons make a trade, this is happening. Like, just oh, yeah. simply put, unless the Pistons some give up picks, which I think, I mean... I would be the Pistons should be highly hesitant to give up any picks, um, and because of their salary cap situation. And this is what I said. You know, it's funny the way people view draft picks is so wrong so much of the time. Because so, like, when you think about when the Pistons traded away a pick for Blake Griffin last year, right? Um, everyone was like, "Oh, there goes our chance to get a star." It's not the chance to get a star that's the problem. It's the fact that you're probably getting at least Luke Kennard. It's the fact that you're probably getting Bruce Brown. It's the idea that you could get Justin Jackson or various other guys who can come in and they can contribute on cheap contracts that you have control of for a few years. That is immensely valuable for a team whose salary situation is like the Pistons. I'd way rather every year be recycling the end of my rotation with young guys that are rookies and sophomores and such than going bargain bin jumping for veterans who are 38 years old, right? Like, I'd much rather be filling out the end of my rotation with Bruce Brown, Stanley Johnson, uh, Luke Kennard, and Kyrie Thomas than Jose Calderon and Zaza Pachulia and, you know, I mean, Jameer Nelson and Steve Blake. Right, exactly. (laughs) So I think that the Pistons should be super hesitant to give up any picks. Um, I mean... I'm not sure if I'd be willing to give up a pick for Markel Fultz. It would depend on some of the other things. Like, if it's Ishmith, and Ishmith would not be a, if you're getting Markel Fultz back, Ishmith is not a huge loss. uh, Because you pretty much figure Markel Fultz is going to play those backup point guard minutes. And also just because of the presence of Blake Griffin and all he can do, um, potentially having not a, great backup point guard like you can you can get away with that a little bit they could get creative I mean I'm not sure how much faith I have in Dwayne Casey to get creative with it but they could Mm -hmm. hypothetically survive that even if Markel Fultz showed up and was highly ineffective but I just I mean maybe you could convince me but I don't think the Sixers want picks either that's the thing that I think makes this doable and a good idea for the Pistons is that I think the Sixers do not want to get rid of, to get draft picks. They want guys who can help them win now. So yeah. So one thing yeah, that so, would help immensely, or would have helped immensely, would have been if Glenn Robinson had not been a flaming ball of trash so far this yeah. season, because he would either a he would be a guy who the Sixers would potentially have. So like if he had been shooting, pretty much if he had brought the sort of production he brought in Indiana the last two years, okay? Shooting like 38% from three, 
Uh, good complimentary player, not a high-level defender, but doing fine. Like Once again, what he was there, which is not a great player, but solid rotational wing. He w- could either then, A, he could represent a piece that the Sixers would have interest in, or B, give the Pistons a lot more confidence in trading away Reggie Bullock or Stanley Johnson or, well, any of their other wings. Because uh-huh. if they trade away any of their wings, then... Glenn Robinson is going from, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have him in the rotation to, <laughs> he's in the rotation whether we want him to be or not. So yeah. that's one thing. I'm We've talked about this a couple of times, but, like, if he doesn't, when he comes back from injury, if he doesn't play better, that could end up being a really disastrous deal for the Pistons because uh-huh. if they could have some sort of production out of the roster spot and spot in the rotation that he's mostly taken up this year, that would be immensely helpful to them. But you look like you're trying to say something. You can hop in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, just to finish off on what Joe asked me, I wouldn't – so I'm at the point, like, if I'm not going to trade Stanley. And if anybody who listens to this is probably going to accuse me of being a Stan, which I'm sure has something to do with that, I guess. But it, the, the idea is, for me, when I'm looking at this is, Reggie Bullock and Ish, and like Joe said, all the reasons why you teams like the Pistons should keep a first-round pick. I, I wouldn't want to give up a first-round pick, but it, like if it came to put for, push, come to shove, I probably would. You probably could get me to give a prote- lottery-protected one, but let's say, let's say Bullock and Ish just don't do it. Uh, I would, like Joe said, I would throw in Bruce Brown. I would throw in Kyrie, not both of them. I well, Joe, would you throw in both of them, Brown and Thomas? Um, I don't know if I do both. I mean, the one thing to consider is that when you get to those sort of numbers, like four guys in a trade, then the Pistons are probably going to take someone back in addition yeah. to him, which could change things. So, like, I mean, I don't have the trade machine brought up. I'm not going to, but like. I'll be more comfortable giving up Reggie Bullock and honestly also Stanley Johnson if like the Pistons like what if somehow the Pistons ended up back with like Wilson Chandler for instance. Um now that'd be tricky cuz I think he makes a decent amount of money. Yeah, but, he's on a big contract. But he's also an expiring but regardless, okay. Yeah. It's just hypothetical, okay? If they get back him then I mean Wilson Chandler's not that good anymore, but he's a functional wing player. Right, who he can give you minutes yeah. there. So if it suddenly works out to where the Pistons are getting back a guy like that or um, one of the Sixers' other young guys, so like, I mean, that Ferdinand Korkmaz dude or whatever, just someone else who's a functional NBA player, uh, that would make me, that could shift this a little bit. Um, yeah. So I, are we both in agreement, by the way? We don't want to get, we would not want to give up Luke Kennard. Yeah, in this? I, no, I'm not. No way, no. you would not give up Luke Kennard. Straight up, I Luke Kennard for Markel Fultz. Oof. <laughs> Straight up, nothing else. I don't know, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving no. But I, I'm trying to think of it objectively. I feel like I'm leaving no because of because of my bias. Because, man, <laughs> I'd be definite no. You definitely I would, would? Yeah, definitely not. I would turn down Kennard for Fultz straight up. Because, okay. once again, you have to consider the overall roster construction, okay? 
is that, and you have to think further than just this season, okay? Reggie Bullock is an unrestricted free agent. There's a very good chance he leaves, right? Like, we all have to, I think everyone has is pretty much okay with that. Like, obviously, yeah. we'd like to figure out a way to keep Reggie Bullock, but there's a very good chance he leaves. If Reggie Bullock leaves, the Pistons have no shooting, right? If you don't have Luke Kennard. If you trade Luke Kennard yeah. for Markel Fultz straight up, and the Pistons are not, like, shedding salary in that move. They're actually, they actually would gain something because Fultz will make more than Kennard since Fultz was the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. But, like, so it's not like you suddenly have more money to try and pay Reggie Block. You actually have a little bit less. So if you do that move, who is your starting shooting guard next year? It's either Kyrie Thomas or Bruce Brown. Yeah, okay, yeah. So Which, I'm not. I, that's not making me feel good. Yeah, like, I'm not doing. I'm going to do Kennard and then straight up. Beyond like, all me, that, even just, beyond even beyond that is the fact that we know Luke Kennard's good, and as intriguing as Markel Fultz is, we have to accept the idea that what if he never figures this out and he's actually broken and he's never going to be good. So that's I just I would straight up I would not do Kennard for Fultz. I think about okay. it a little bit. A little bit. Uh, yeah, I had to think about but, it. <laughs> no, I just, I would not do that. And the yeah. roster construction of the Pistons has as much to do with anything just because, once again, like we've said, as much as Reggie Jackson's not played well this year and such, um, starting point guard is not the same sort of an issue that <laughs> starting on the wing could be next year if you get rid of Luke Kennard. So. Yes. So, yeah, so before we move on, I've been I keep getting off track with what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> before we move on, my point is is that I would give up Reggie Bullock ish, possibly a protected first. I definitely would throw in Bruce, and this is why. Before we move on, Luke Kennard. If you trade Reggie Bullock, then you have Luke Kennard, who can which, which me and Joe have both been adamant that. Even with Reggie Bullock here, we probably Joe, you you want Luke Kennard to start, right? With yeah, Bullock I want at this point. I want the Kennard Bullock starting lineup. That's what I want. Yeah. Okay. So even if Bullock leaves, that should at most a hundred percent mean Luke Kennard will then start. So while small forward may be an issue still, you would we start Stanley again? Then would we start Luke at small forward? But if you'd give up Bullock, then you at least have hypothetically someone filling in for him that shoots who is a shooter with Luke Kennard. So that's why Bullock-ish, and I'd be able to throw in something, I'd be more willing to do that. That's why I believe the Pistons should be going all out because there's a very good chance that Bullock leaves after this year. It's a very good chance the Pistons probably choose Stanley over Bullock in the offseason because of the reasons why Joe, uh, Joe pointed out with the contract and the fact that Stanley's restricted free agent and you have his bird rights. So if he were to get money, you can pay him. Like we were talking about this in the – in the chat a couple days ago, you can you can sign other players before giving Stanley his contract because you guys bird rights and you restrict your free agent. So with all those things going on and the fact that Bullock is a three and D player who already who is already good at shooting the three ball, he's going to get paid more than Stanley. It's very likely that Stanley's is going to be the one we choose. Even like even if he was our second choice, it's very likely he's going to be the one that comes back anyways. So with Kennard filling in for Bullock, would you start Stanley? Would you start Glenn Robinson? Would you start Luke at three? Either way. You have someone who fills the same kind of role as Bullock filling it if you do trade him, which is why I believe the Pistons should be going all out for Falls. Yeah, um, I would be I would be hugely hesitant to go with the first round pick, um, for the reasons I said before. 
But yeah, I pretty much agree with you. And look, I am as big a fan of Reggie Bullock as there is. I've loved that guy from the moment he got here. I still remember because the his first season was the first season that I did the game-by-game recaps, and I did the preseason recaps. I remember the first time he played, and I was like, you know, I keep thinking that there must be some reason that two straight teams gave up on this guy, but I don't see it. Like, I've really thought highly of him for a long time, but it's one of those deals where you just kind of have to I mean, there's a good chance he's leaving after this year. And the Pistons have a really good option behind him if he does leave in Luke Kennard. Who, I mean, quite frankly, there's a non-zero chance that Luke Kennard's actually better than Reggie Bullock, especially by next year, right? Like, Kennard's certainly a more a better ball handler than Bullock. He'll probably be a little worse of a defender. Um, he's maybe a better shooter. Maybe. I mean, I'm giving I'm giving Kennard shooting. Well, Block was pretty freaking good as a shooter last year. No, he is. I'm not saying he's a bad shooter, but I'm I I think I'm giving that to Luke. Okay, so once he gets comfortable and healthy. Yeah. So it's just there's a there's a decent chance Luke Kennard is better than Reggie Block even. So I think, yeah. I mean, no matter what, if the Pistons make a trade, Block may be the guy to move there. Um, it depends on what they're making a trade for. The two main guys are Bullock and Stanley Johnson. Those are the two main guys that the Pistons are would trade, I think, um, depending on what sort of a team you're trading to. If you're trading to a team that is trying to win games now, it's Bullock. If you're trading to a team that's in at least somewhat of a rebuild, then it's Stanley Johnson. Um, you can go ahead and just transition to who we were going to talk yeah, about next. Yeah, sure. Then. So let's go with that, okay? So we're going to talk about some other trade targets. And once again, let's be clear about something up front, okay? And this is the reason why we're we're not going to delve into too deep, like, a specific trade scenario. Like, we're not here punching in the trade machine or anything. Because just because of the Pistons cap situation, any trade of any significance that they pull off would have to be... <laughs> It'd be pretty complex and or difficult and or convoluted. Um, most likely, they'd have to do a three-team deal of some sort for a lot of things. So it's just it'd just be so convoluted that it'd be it'd be hard. So we're not going to even worry about that. But some other trade options. Um, the main one we're going to talk about here because I know this is who Ku wants to talk about, and also we've seen his name floating around a little bit is D'Angelo Russell. And the main reason, first off, why he could be an option. So. He's kind of been a little bit of an odd man out the last couple of years in Brooklyn, anyways, um, because Spencer Dinwiddie's played really well. And then the Nets just re-signed Spencer Dinwiddie to a three-year, $34 million deal, I believe, which means that you know it doesn't guarantee that the Nets are giving up on him, but it would suggest that perhaps the Nets are, at the very least, the Nets are committed to Spencer Dinwiddie now. At the so, least, they're consi- they would like listen to D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. So if they're committed to, no, once again, maybe they're okay with just having both of them. Maybe that's fully their plan, and committing to Spencer Dinwiddie doesn't mean anything to do with them not committing to D'Angelo Russell. But it's not unfair to infer that well, they gave Spencer Dinwiddie an extension, and there's been very little talk even of a D'Angelo Russell extension yet. So you'd have to imagine that they're at least thinking about it. So. Ku, tell us about D'Angelo Russell, why you want him, because I know that you really want him. And 
Give us reasons beyond the fact that he's just as ugly as you are. Well, that's not possible because I'm sexy, so. But either way, uh, Joe said I really want uh, Russell. Now, that is true. But just to give you guys, like, an idea of how bad I want him, I would rather have Fultz than Russell. So if it can't, like, if you were asking me who I would want the Pistons to go out there more, it's clearly Fultz. But I do like D'Angelo Russell, and this is why. Joe seems to think Joe seems to think that D'Angelo Russell just just isn't as good as I think he is. Let's just put it at that. Now, I don't have the numbers in front of me. We were just arguing about him yesterday. I believe he's shooting what, 38% right now? 37% on seven attempts from three? He's shooting 36.3%. Yeah, from uh, from three on, what is it, seven attempts? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, seven attempts a game. Six so point, he, six point seven attempts. Thirty six point three percent from three on six point seven attempts per game. Okay, so he's a better shooter than Reggie Jackson, and his I my argument for this is if you've watched the Pistons, Stanley, I'm mean not Stanley. Uh, Reggie Jackson is pretty much has been delegated to catch and shoot. I'm just gonna catch and shoot now. I'm not gonna do much else. So, and that's not by his choice. That's, that's Casey. So if, if, if Reggie Jackson has been delegated to that, and it looks like that he's just, that's not going to change. That's pretty much what Dwayne Casey has decided of him, whether it's because he thinks he's bad or he just thinks he's better in that role and not good enough to be a pick and roll ball handler as much anymore or whatever. That's what Reggie Jackson is. And like Joe tweeted, Joe tweeted this today. Reggie Jackson took 15 shots yesterday, 11 of them with three-pointers. That's just that shouldn't happen for Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson not that type of player, and that's going to continue to happen. He shot a lot of threes in games so far this season. I wouldn't shock me if you guys showed me that he's probably taken multiple games with seven plus three point attempts. Just wouldn't shock me. He's well, taking he's, a lot of he's, threes. He's Reggie Jackson is averaging six point two threes per game this year. So oh, yeah. yeah, he's definitely taken yeah. more than seven on multiple occasions. Yeah, so that just shouldn't be happening. So if we've decided that we're just going to go full Blake, like point Blake, or just run through everything through Blake and just have us catch and shooters, not only is D'Angelo Russell a better catch and shoot three-pointer than Stanley. I mean, Stan, why do I keep saying Stanley? Well, he's a better, a better shooter, shooter than Stanley Johnson, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he, he's a better shooter than Reddy Jackson. And I believe that he gives the Pistons a higher ceiling. He has more potential to be better than Reddy Jackson. He, uh, his ball, I believe he's a good ball handler. And I think he's a Joe, me and Joe got into an argument about this. I think he has good passing vision too. Now, whether, whether he's exhibited. Oh, Joe, I see you want to say something. Go ahead. No, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting for you to finish. (laughs) I think he's exhibited good passing vision. And remember, that's like the the big thing that was about him coming out of college, that he was such a great passer. So he's still young. He, I think he gives the Pistons a higher ceiling. He's a better catch and shooter than Reddy Jackson. And I just think that he would be all around better for this Pistons team right now. And you guys will hear the argument from Joe in a minute. But like I said, I would rather have faults, and I'm not going to give too much for D'Angelo Russell. So, because while I like him very much, I'm I'm not going to be stupid about it. I don't I don't think he's like 
Kemble Walker or anything. So I wouldn't like give up a lot for him. But I would if he became available, I definitely would like the Pistons to go kick tires on him and at least pursue him. Go ahead, Joe. I see you. I see you just smirking, getting ready to just try to hammer hammer D'Angelo Russell into oblivion. Go ahead. I'm not going to try. I'm going to succeed. Um. So, look. First off, okay. There's a couple of things to say. First, I like D'Angelo Russell. I've liked him since he was with the Lakers. And in case you haven't caught on, and Koo, you've got some of this too. I have a soft spot for guys who um, the general public seems to give up on. At various points, I definitely I have a so. soft spot for those guys. You do, too, in particular. You have it worse yep. than I do. You have it more than just, you don't just have a soft spot. You have a a hard spot. <clears throat> um, <laughs> you know, it's hard to tell on you, but, um, you know. So, anyways, okay, I like D'Angelo Russell. He's really fun to watch. His game is super aesthetically pleasing. Um, I've kind of, I've root for Brooklyn just because of the fact that they had to go through so much crap that it's just kind of, just as a matter of principle, I've been rooting for Brooklyn to figure it out. So when they traded for him, I got even more behind him and such. Okay. And before everything else I'm about to say, an important thing to remember. Okay. If the Pistons have decided for sure, we're done with Reggie Jackson, we are moving on right now. As in like, we're not. Like, they've decided officially they're not going to wait it out this season and then maybe try and do something this offseason. Like, nope, right now, ASAP, we are moving on from Reggie Jackson and we need someone to replace him. If that's the case, I wouldn't hate D'Angelo Russell being that guy. They could certainly do worse than him. And when you think about guys that are potentially available for without giving up a huge amount, he makes decent sense. So, I don't hate D'Angelo Russell. I don't even hate him for the Pistons. Here's some issues, though. Okay? So, as Koo has said, he's shooting 36.3% from three this year. In his career, D'Angelo Russell is a 34.7% three-point shooter. Koo Cahill, what is Reggie Jackson's three-point percentage as a Piston? 35? 34.1. So... On D'Angelo Russell's career, actually slightly above Reggie Jackson's career mark. Now, perhaps D'Angelo Russell has really made uh turned a corner this season. It's possible. But even so, let's not mince words. 36% from three is not some monstrous number. He's a good shooter, but that's not like it's not like this dude is JJ Reddick or anything like that. Like, he's a pretty good shooter. He's not a great shooter. Here's a larger issue, right? D'Angelo Russell is like, (laughs) this dude is not a penetrator of the defense. He is not an inside scorer at all. And he's almost, he's comically inefficient. All right, so everyone hates Reggie Jackson, right? Misses too many shots, not an efficient scorer, all right? Reggie Jackson this season, true shooting percentage, 52.7%. In the year from hell, the year where Reggie Jackson missed the first 22 games of the season, came back, was obviously a shell of himself. There was the whole team meeting, whole deal, all right? That season where everything was wrong, Reggie Jackson had a true shooting percentage of 51%. This season, the good season for D'Angelo Russell, he has a true shooting percentage of 50%. 0.6%. 
D'Angelo Russell shoots 45% at the rim. That's terrible. And he almost never gets there. He does not get there very much at all. He's a jump shooter, and he's not actually that good of one. He doesn't hit very many shots. And Koo, now it's been a little bit better this year, but he's never had a very good assist-to-turnover ratio. That's something I don't want to be too hard on him about because a lot of young guys struggle with that. This year he finally has crept just barely over the two assists per turnover mark, which is kind of like the Mendoza line for ball handling duties. Go ahead, give him credit for it. This year he's averaging 5.9 assists with 2.8 turnovers. That's that's not good enough to give credit for. That's good enough to say, like, Koo, you re- do you know what the Mendoza line is, Koo? I use context clues to understand what you're saying. Okay, the Mendoza line is a thing in baseball. I don't actually remember exactly what it was, but there was a guy, there was a player named Mendoza. I don't even remember what his first name was. I think it might have been Barry. I think it might have been Barry Mendoza. But anyways, okay, his last name was Mendoza. He was not a good hitter. He hit, like, career, like, 212 or something like that. And so from that, that it ended up becoming a joke that it's like, if you don't hit at least this well, you are not a major league ball player. No matter how good you are on defense, no matter how good you are on anything else, right? That's what I mean. Like, having an assist-to-turnover ratio of two is the bare minimum. That's, like, the acceptable point for a point guard. And he just barely this season has crept over it. Barely. So... Not enough to give him, like, credit for it, but he is at least going in the right direction there. But the main thing is, once again, just he's not an efficient scorer. He's an even less efficient scorer than Reggie Jackson is. And I'm not sure that I trust that his jump shot is going to be that good from deep even. It'll be better than Reggie Jackson. and But it's not like it's going to be severely improved. And then here's the other thing on top of all that. D'Angelo Russell is just as bad a defender as Reggie Jackson is. Like, he is. He's just, that dude doesn't even ever want to be a good defender. Like, he doesn't even, honestly, Reggie Jackson may be a better defender than D'Angelo Russell, because at least these days, most nights at least, Reggie Jackson seems to care at least a little bit and mostly tries hard. D'Angelo Russell doesn't even do that most nights. So, it's just, it's not something, I would be hugely hesitant to replace Reggie Jackson with D'Angelo Russell on top of that, it's not just replacing Jackson with Russell. It's that the Pistons are giving up additional things in that. They're probably giving up Bruce Brown. They're maybe giving up Stanley Johnson. They're doing something would you else. Give up, would you give up Bullock and Ish for D'Angelo Russell? I would give up Reggie Bullock and Ish Smith for D'Angelo Russell. I'd probably do that. All right? And so that's bit- the main. And this is what I told you the other night too, right? Is that I'm very okay with taking a shot on D'Angelo Russell, all right? I'm okay with having him on my team. I'm okay with having him in my rotation. I would be hugely hesitant to make him my starting point guard. And once again, there's no other options. He is your starting point guard, you know? Like, (laughs) because I don't know if he's actually capable of doing that. Once again, cannot stress enough, this guy is less efficient scoring the ball than Reggie Jackson was in the year from hell for Reggie Jackson. Right? That's the sort of efficiency that he's put up. And he's doing and he gets to the rim at the same rate too as that guy. Like Reggie Jackson when Reggie Jackson had no knees. That's kind of what D'Angelo Russell is. D'Angelo Russell's game is just prettier and silkier. That's the main difference. 
And so let me ask you something. Okay. Um, Reggie Jackson and D'Angelo Russell are actually shooting the exact amount of open threes a game, which is four to six feet to the nearest defender. Tell me what you think Reggie Jackson's shooting on those. They're shooting two and a half a game. Uh, what Reggie Jackson's shooting on those? Yeah. I'll say 35. 24%. Ooh. That's you want to know what D'Angelo Russell's shooting on those? 37. 41. Okay. So what you're saying is Reggie Jackson is going to shoot better than that. So his three-point percentage has a good chance of catching up. That's what you're saying. Wait, what? Okay, what did you say Reggie Jackson shooting on open shots? 24? Yes. Okay, first off, are you doing that from the NBA site? Yeah. Okay, they're, I, I'm not. I'm going to let it go here, but their tracking data can be a little bit... Uh, it's not always great. Um, oh. we'll, we'll, we'll use it though. Okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to pull a quick one on you here. Like, okay. Okay. So if Reggie Jackson is shooting 24% on open shots, right? Um, yep. in his career, even before coming to the Pistons, he's actually been a pretty good spot up shooter. Not a great one, but like passable. So once again, we talk about sample sizes, regression to the mean. If he's shooting that badly on open three pointers, it's fair to assume that he's going to hit more of those going forward. It's fair to assume he's at least going to hit like 33% of those. And even with him shooting that poorly, he's still shooting, what, 33% from the field overall, from three this year, right? No. So, probably safe to assume Reggie Jackson's got a good chance to get up to 35% by the time the season's over. Okay. okay the sample size gets larger. So he's getting closer this, to D'Angelo Russell. This is, this is the point I'm making to you. See, because Joe, we talked about this yesterday, and Joe just seems to, like, not understand this part. He just, like, either he, he just doesn't care for this part or he just doesn't believe in this part. I've made it very known, I believe, that if you put D'Angelo Russell on this team with Blake Griffin and Dwayne Casey the way Dwayne – and before – Dwayne Casey's not some genius, Joe, so don't panic over me saying Dwayne Casey. But with the way the Pistons have shifted to pretty much layups, dunks, and threes, that's all we're going to take. With that and the way Blake, if, actually, if any of you guys have a Slag member, uh, not membership subscription, everyone should go read that latest article by James Edwards about uh, Blake Griffin and the Piston struggles. He correctly and very did a great job of pointing out how Blake Griffin is creating open shots for this team. We're we're among like the top of the league and open shots created behind the three point line. We're also near the bottom. And, the, and making them. So, I believe with, if you put D'Angelo Russell with Blake Griffin, one, first of all, his usage rate is 30 right now. I don't believe his usage rate would be that high with the Pistons. Maybe taking more, taking responsibility away from D'Angelo Russell could actually do more for him, make him more efficient. And then, in a system with the Pistons where Blake Griffin's making, getting him open shots and making it easier for him, he would fit better with Reggie Jackson and he would actually become a better player. That's what my argument is for D'Angelo Russell. Joe, I see you just losing it over there. <laughs> you just having to get in, so go ahead. Okay, so what are we doing in this trade here? We're giving up Reggie Bullock in addition to... We're, we're probably giving up Stanley Johnson. That's what you're giving up here. The, well, yeah, the Nets yeah, don't want saying, Reggie Bullock. You're giving up Stanley Johnson, probably maybe even something else, maybe also Bruce Brown or Kyrie Thomas in addition. Okay? okay. That's what you're giving up here. 
So you're doing that in order to have all the problems Rudy Jackson had, but you're going to hit an extra three-pointer per game, maybe. That's I, what you're doing. That's not, that's not true. I believe that's the ceiling is higher. That's what you're doing. Because no, his ceiling's not higher, Koo. Koo, the man doesn't drive. <laughs> he doesn't drive. He never gets in the paint. He can't finish at the hoop. He's a wimp. He can't but jump. J- Joe, but we're sitting here. We sit here every day and complain about the same, but about Reggie Jackson not being able to be, not being given the chance to do those said things. So if we're not doing those things anyways, why not get someone who's just a better shooter? Because the def- their Pistons offense has been terrible this year. They need more people you who can do change? things. You've been very critical they need of Dwayne Casey. You, more, I don't think you think it's going to change. They need more people who can do things, not less. Joe, I don't. That's not good. So you're cannibalizing the wing rotation. So you're cannibalizing the wing rotation to get a guy who's going to make the defense even worse than it is with Reggie Jackson. Joe, if you take away the only guy in your entire roster who's not Blake Griffin, who can create shots for himself and others with any consistency. No, I'm not shipping off Reggie. You're saying that you want to replace him, Reggie Jackson, with him. That's what you've been saying. Yes, after this season. No, that's a terrible idea. That is a terrible idea. I'm adding D'Angelo Russell to play backup point guard and play minutes next to Reggie Jackson. That's what I'm doing. I'm giving up minimal pieces if I can bring him back and say, we're going to take a shot on him. I would rather have Markel Fultz in my rotation. I would rather have. No, I'd rather have him in my rotation right now. I would I literally rather have busted jump shot Markel Fultz playing minutes for my team trying to win basketball games than have D'Angelo Russell playing minutes for my team trying to win basketball games. I think that's crazy, but it is what it is. It's not like he's going to be a worse scorer. Do you realize how bad that true shooting percentage is, Koo? What? This dude is like Ish Smith. That's how inefficient he Yo, is. No, chill out. Chill that out. is how inefficient he is. Ish Smith. That's so, what I'm so telling I'm asking, you right now. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Okay. If you took the same trade that you offered from Marco Fultz to the Brooklyn Nets, would you do it? Which one? Smith the, and Bullock? Bullock? And would you do the same thing? I'd be hesitant to give up Bullock. Would you do it, though? I'd be awful hesitant to give up Reggie Block to get back to get to get back D'Angelo Russell. I'd be super so, hesitant. I wouldn't do it. So nope. No, I would not give up Reggie Block for her. I wouldn't give up Reggie Block for him. Nope. Wouldn't do it. Uh, well, okay, here's why, right? Reggie Block does all of those things except he's way better at them. He's a way better shooter. He's a way better passer. Yeah, if we need a guy who's gonna though, shoot, though. if we need a guy who's gonna shoot and never drive to the paint except Reggie no, Block's I'm actually better. Though. Here's the thing, you got to pay you got to pay D'Angelo Russell after this season anyways. Joe, just like you got to pay Reggie, Reggie Bullock. But Reggie Bullock or Stanley Reggie Bullock or Stanley is going to be the option, right? That's who we have to choose. I would between. way rather trade Stanley Johnson. Okay, okay, but this is him. what I'm saying to you. That's not the point of why I was bringing it up. You have to you're going to have to Reggie Bullock or Stanley Johnson are leaving. Okay, so the decision's made. You're trading Stanley Johnson. You're not trading Reggie Bullock. There would be no reason to trade Reggie Bullock for him. 
Because Bullock does everything that you would want D'Angelo Russell to do in your offense, but he's better at literally all of them except as a pick-and-roll ball handler. He's better at all the rest of it. We've already established they don't want their guards to run pick-and-rolls, obviously. Dwayne. Okay, now that you now that you bring that up, actually, I didn't think about this, but let me ask you this one: Do you think? Do you not think that there is any chance that if you got D'Angelo Russell, Casey would then trust Russell more than Reggie Jackson to do a pick and roll? Well, apparently he trusts Jose Calderon more than Reggie Jackson, so I don't freaking know. <laughs> I actually charted it. Bruce Brown ran more pick and rolls last night than Richie, Reggie Jackson. Did. Okay, so at I'm not pleased, point, man. Think, I'm upset. Okay, yeah, I'm actually, real upset. Actually, why do you? While you're talking about that, let's go ahead and just shift into that that whole Reggie Jackson thing. We can drop D'Angelo Russell. I want D'Angelo Russell. Joe doesn't. There you go. Okay, no. Let me be clear. (laughs) I'd take D'Angelo Russell. I do not want to take D'Angelo Russell by counting on him to be your starting point guard. He's an inefficient scorer, comically inefficient. He's not that good of a passer. He's a bad defender, and he's a good shooter, not a great shooter. So... Okay. I'm fine so with taking D'Angelo that. Russell. He may well be a good option for the Pistons. Like, seriously, it may well be that he's a good option for them. I don't want to take him on and make him my starting point guard. That's not something I want to do. But, <clears throat> okay. What were, what were we going to do, Re- Reggie Jackson? Let's, let's just shift into the Reggie Jackson thing, because I know you've been okay, you here we go. about that with Casey. Here we go. Full Reggie Jackson thing, right? So, he's currently taking... Seven, 78, wow, that would be something, 48% of his shots from beyond the arc. Previous career high was last year, taking 29% of his shots from beyond the arc. Obviously, we all knew when he showed up, the whole time he's been here, his biggest offensive weakness, at least, is his ability to shoot the three. So why would you make that his primary option? And the thing is that there are plenty of numbers that suggest that he actually will do just fine. He's doing just fine getting into the paint. Like It's not like he's not finishing at the rim or not drawing fouls or anymore. He's actually drawing fouls at as high a rate as he has since um, second highest rate in his entire career. The only season where he was above where he's at this year was his first full season in Detroit, and he's almost at that rate, which is particularly remarkable when you consider how many threes he's taking because, like, Obviously, you don't draw fouls on three-pointers very often, and yet he's still drawing fouls on nearly as many shots as he was that season. He's finishing at the rim better than he, literally, better than he ever has in his entire career. He's getting to the rim pretty regularly, not as regularly as he did as his peak, but when you consider, especially when you count into that, so he's taking so many more three-pointers, close to his peak is the number of two-pointers he's taking that are at the rim. He's taken fewer shots in the mid-range and long two areas than he ever has in his career. He's hitting a lot of them. His turnover assist-to-turnover ratio is as good as it's ever been, which is to say it's quite good. This guy can play. He can do things. And they're just... I mean, even if you want to argue, okay, which is an argument you can have, that Reggie Jackson is just not good enough to to be any kind of a focal point, even a secondary ball handler. I mean, then okay, but we know, and this is exactly what we said yesterday, but we know for a fact that he's not good enough as a 3 and D guy to be overly effective. So even though he's probably going to shoot better than 33%, right? Like you brought up, he's shooting just 24% on open threes. 
He's probably going to get, if they ride it out with him at least, I'll guess he's going to finish the season around 35%. That's not where you want a guy taking six and a half threes per game to be as a spot-up guy. That's just not where you want him. And one of the other frustrating things is that, so when you look at the Pistons lineup data, Reggie Jackson has hardly played without Blake Griffin on the floor. So when you look at the lineup data, when you go for games where Reggie Jackson play or minutes with Reggie Jackson and not Blake Griffin, the highest used lineup played 15 minutes, and that was in the game Blake Griffin missed earlier this week. Other than that, he's like other than that game, he's played like 20 minutes all season without Blake Griffin. What the heck is the thought process there? Like, we know for a fact, right? Now, Griffin's shot pretty well from three, actually, this year, but neither of those guys are really high-level shooters. They both need the ball in their hands. So why on earth are you not staggering them more? Why are you not saying Reggie Jackson? Like, especially now that Ishmith is hurt, so Jose Calderon's your backup right now, okay? Why are you not saying... Reggie Jackson comes out early. Jose Calderon comes in. He can do the just, I'm just going to space the floor. Blake's going to run all of the offense through him, whatever, okay? And then when Blake Griffin comes out, put Reggie Jackson back in. Let Reggie Jackson handle the ball. Let Reggie Jackson do Reggie Jackson things. Like, I just, it's utterly dumbfounding to me. I have no idea what the thought process is there. Other than that, Dwayne Casey just thinks Reggie Jackson is not a good basketball player which I don't agree with, but I certainly, if he thinks that, then why are you shoehorning him into a role that we know he's not effective in? That's the biggest thing to me. I I have a question real quick for you, Joe. Okay, shoot. You mentioned uh, that he's finishing percentage-wise, right? The best he has in his career? Yes. Um, Just real quick. Um, is he taking a much smaller sample size, or is it still is it the same amount? Because I know he hasn't been able to do pick and roll, so would that can that be attributed to the fact he's taking less? Okay, I don't have the exact maths up here, right? So he has he's shooting this season. He's shooting sixty four percent at the rim. Okay, by far a career high. Last season was his last season was his previous career high. Actually, back in the season he was traded to Detroit was his previous career high where he shot 61% at the rim. So, yes, he is taking less shots at the rim than he has in quite a while. Um, he's taking 13% of his shots at the rim. Last season he took 15%. So, yeah, there is a smaller sample size there. Um, but also remember, one of the reasons his numbers of the number of shots he's taking at the rim are so much lower is because he's taking so many more from three, right? So when you actually break it down by... Um, so, like, he's taking 13% of his shots at the rim this year. He took 15% of them last year. Um, but because he's taking so many more threes this year, he's actually taking a higher percentage of his two-pointers at the rim this season. So, all that said, yes, the point you're getting at. If Reggie Jackson was go- was put onto a higher volume, he would get less effective in some of those areas. I'm not questioning that. Like, that that probably helps him that he doesn't he doesn't he's not forcing as many shots for instance um because we all especially we all know that in the pick and roll he's particularly fond of when Andre Drummond's rolling to the hoop and he's drawn an extra man just kind of tossing up and be like yeah I'm probably going to miss but Andre's there right like yeah. we all know that for a fact so i'm just saying like if we're looking at the numbers okay and it was like he's not getting to the rim he's not drawing fouls he's shooting poorly at the rim 
Like, clearly he's not able to be that guy anymore. So they're going to use him as a spot-up shooter because, well, he's their starting point guard, so he's going to have to do his best in that role. Then I'd be like, well, that sucks. They need a new point guard, but he's what they've got for now. Once again, the numbers are showing that even though, like you said, it's a smaller sample size with him driving to the rim, working out of the pick and roll and such, but all the numbers are showing that he should still be able to be effective in that. So it's just it's it's just dumbfounding to me why they don't let him do more of it. And probably the biggest confusion remains why I said about the lineups, where he has almost never played without Blake Griffin on the floor this season. It's almost never happened. That's totally stupefying to me. Why are you not letting, like, if you want to run the whole offense through Blake Griffin, okay, cool, makes sense. I'm not going to complain too much about deciding to put the ball in Blake Griffin's hands instead of Reggie Jackson's. Because guess what? Blake Griffin's a whole lot better than Reggie Jackson, (laughs) right? Like, even I, the biggest Reggie Jackson stan, am not going to argue that point. But then why are you not turning around and letting Reggie Jackson run bench units then? Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's frustrating because I sound a little bit like various people who've complained about players over time where it's like, oh, he's just not being used right. And within that, it's worth, yeah, Mr. Mr. Derek Rose fan over here. But one thing that's um, worth I'll, mentioning I'll, within I'll this, okay? Oh, yeah, that too. It's like, one thing to put in this is that Reggie Jackson is not blameless here, right? Like, he knew that he was, even if not this extreme, he knew that he was going to be off the ball more. He knew that if he wanted to continue to be effective, he was going to have to learn to be a better off-ball player, going to have to try and produce better on the defensive end, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And now, for what it's worth, he actually, I, he's still not that good a defender. He's a pretty poor one a lot of the times. He kind of tops out as mediocre, but he has mostly tried hard on defense, but... Like, he knew this was coming to at least some extent, and it doesn't look like he did a whole lot to really make it work. Um, so, I'm not pinning all of it on Dwayne Casey, but it's just, it's pretty dumbfounding that the way they have used him, you would think that he's got the same statistical profile of what I described with D'Angelo Russell, where it's like, yeah, he's a pretty good shooter, he never gets into the lane. He, like, even when he wants to, he can't get into the lane. When he gets there, he doesn't finish. He turns the ball over too much, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you'd think that's the kind of player he was. When you look at the numbers, it's like, this isn't how he should be used even a little bit. So it's just, it's frustrating to me. Because the Pistons' offense has been terrible this year. They're ranked 22nd in the NBA in offensive efficiency. And their best hope, I think, is to find get Reggie Jackson going in a significant way. And the best chance to get Reggie Jackson going in a significant way is to let him be himself. Let Reggie Jackson run pick and rolls. Let him run some isolations. Even if you have to get him on the floor without Blake Griffin, that's the only time you can let him do it. You got to do it, I think, at least. So, sorry, I've ranted for a long time. Ku, you can say something. I don't know. You go ahead. I know, um, I know you I've, feel I've, very I've strong. Said, I've, said, I've said my piece. I think they're blowing it. That's what I'm trying to say here. I think Dwayne Casey is absolutely blowing this right now. Like, to a colossal extent, he is absolutely blowing it. And one thing here, here's the last thing I will point out to people, okay? Cool. I'm going to read you off something a second here, okay? 19 points, 5 assists against 2 turnovers, true shooting percentage, 
52.7%. Is that terrible? No. No, not that good. You'd like to be more efficient, but that's not terrible. That's Reggie Jackson's per 36. Not terrible. He hasn't been as bad as people think he has been. (laughs) I get the frustrations with him, but, like, could be worse. You could have D'Angelo Russell with a true shooting percentage of 50%. Okay, Joe, chill out, chill out. Just saying. Chill out. Okay, sorry. I've had my rant. Koo, say say something. You You talk for a little bit. All right, so basically, um, basically I'm with Joe on this, but I want I feel like we've talked about that a lot, and there's kind of a different route I want to go now in my point. I think it's gotten to a point now that Piston Powered just released uh, an article talking about they want to, uh, written by my co sci expert Travis, that he wants the Piston to trade. Reggie Jackson <laughs> for a bag of chips and uh, what was the other one he said? A bag of chips and a, and a, and a can of beer. Yeah. Um, a lot of Pistons fans feel this way, so I'll I let Joe do a little his his rant now on Reggie Jackson and Casey. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take it this route. I'm I I was fully on with Joe about this whole you need to get Reggie Jack pick and roll. Reggie Jackson has to – we need Reggie Jackson to play. We need Reggie Jackson to be good if we're going to be good, which is still true. But I've slowly and and surely started to shift a little bit into the ballpark of, at this point, if this – if you guys go back like 10 podcasts, Joe told me at the beginning of the season that this was going to happen, and I didn't believe him. <laughs> I told him – I told him, no, Joe, this is – it may change. He's seen people – he wouldn't have been hired if this was going to happen again. Joe tried telling me, Cool, this is something that he's done with the Raptors. It's going to continue to happen. It's going to happen. Sure enough, we're in December and it's happened. Okay, so I'll admit I was wrong. But at this point, admitting you were wrong, now you have to find a solution. And now I've slowly but surely worked myself into thinking, Dwayne Casey's not going to change this. This is, this is not going to change. It's been however long with the Raptors, eight, nine years now of him doing this. It's not going to change. So I've worked myself into believing that at this point, maybe, maybe, just maybe. Now, it could blow up in our faces, but at this point, I think it's worth experimenting, putting just three shooters around Blake and Dre and just saying, you know what, if we're just not going to run pick and rolls, we're just going to let Blake do whatever he wants, which, I mean, Blake is amazing this year. I'm not complaining about Blake. But if we're just going to do that, play through Blake and everything, at this point, I think it's at least worth experimenting, just putting three shooters around him, putting putting Luke Kennard or length into someone at point guard. Or it doesn't even have to be point. You can just call him three guards or two wings and a guard and just letting Blake run run stuff like he's been doing and just putting shooters around him. Now, I, like, I'm not fully on that bandwagon yet, but I can see myself working that way because it's just not going to change. And like Joe has said, Reddy Jackson – it's not going to excel in this role. It's just not going to happen. We have talked about this for, I believe, a week and a half now. We're going to talk about it for the next week. We're going to talk about it next month. We're going to talk about it two months from now. <laughs> it's just, it's not, it's not going to change. He's not going to become J.J. Reddick. He's not even going to become a, a really good shooter just standing around. It's just not going to happen. So, 
I mean, and another thing. Realistically, unless the Pistons pull off this Markel Fultz trade, and even then, we're not shipping Reggie off in that deal. And Pistons fans, I understand the resentment towards Reggie and the we need to get him out of there. I mean, I'm sorry, Pistons fans, and, you know, it's hard. To, it's going to be sad to say this, but realistically, he's not going nowhere unless, like, unless, like, some, like, unless, like, God just gives us a gift and says, here you go, this front office is going to be stupid. Just take Reggie Jackson. We'll give you a good player. He's not leaving nowhere. And that's probably a good thing for the Pistons because his value will jump exponentially higher next year when his contract becomes expiring. So the Pistons will be able to do something next year with him if we were to trade him. But right now, he did, he provides very little value in the trade market. So you're just gonna have to stick it out with Reggie. But concern, so you're gonna here, have to just here, get off of that. Reggie's not going nowhere. Yeah. Just to fully explain this, okay? It wouldn't be trade Reggie Jackson for a bag of chips and a can of cold beer, and roll with it. It would be Reggie Jackson has negative trade value. <laughs> significantly negative. Um, there's some guys in the know who have said this. There's some people I've talked to who have said this. He has no trade value at all. So if the Pistons want to get rid of Reggie Jackson, they're giving up something else as well. So it wouldn't be trade Reggie Jackson for their lunch money and then play Bruce Brown at point guard. We would be trading our lunch money. <laughs> yeah, it would be... We're giving we're getting rid of Reggie Jackson, and we're giving up Bruce Brown and Kyrie Thomas for the right to get rid of Reggie Jackson. <laughs> that might not even be enough. Maybe you know, honestly, I I think it, it'd be Stanley Johnson. That'd be it. It'd be you get you're giving up Stanley Johnson for the right to get rid of Reggie Jackson, and you're not getting anything back. Right. So literally now, so because he's hurt right now, you're getting rid of Stanley Johnson and Reggie Jackson, and now what? Jose Calderon's your starting point guard. Luke Kennard is your starting point guard. Langston Galloway is your starting point guard. Because that's what's yeah. happening if you trade. Like yeah. similarly, but that's what's happening. Unless there's some super convoluted thing like a four-team deal or some crap like that. That's what's happening. And no matter what, if the Pistons are getting rid of Reggie Jackson, they are giving additional assets in that deal. So, as frustrating as he's been at times, as much as so many people hate that dude's guts, want him off their team, I'm not sure there's been a guy, honestly, who's upset so much of the Pistons fan base at one time. And Josh Smith did. Josh Josh Smith did. But Josh Smith was a lot worse than Reggie Jackson. What's cra- you want to know a crazy thing? They're still paying him. No, well, yeah, that. But <laughs> you want to know the one person who liked Josh Smith at that time? Who? You? You you like Josh Smith? I like Josh Smith. <laughs> when Josh first got here, I was such a big fan of his. And then after the first year, I, I'll maintain to this day, I didn't think he was that bad his first year. But then, like, something just happened. <laughs> okay. Something Hold happened. Up. And Hold up. Hold up here. No, don't do it. No, Josh Smith was terrible for the Pistons. I'm not saying he Hold was, up. was terrible. But I Josh think, Smith was not that bad his first year with the Pistons. Oh, yeah. He, no, he was bad. He was bad. These he were, was no, those were just came out of your mouth. That's Josh Smith 
Year one, Detroit Pistons. Okay, you ready? <laughs> no, we're not doing this. My point, my point was that... Oh, my Lord! <laughs> young, I brought up this basketball <laughs> reference. Okay, <laughs> hold up a second. Hold up a second here. Oh, Josh Smith, 2013-2014. His lone full season with the Detroit Pistons. 16.6 points per game. Not Demon. terrible. <laughs> 6. <laughs> 6.8 rebounds. 3.2 assists against 2.6 turnovers. So that's Demon. bad. 41% from the field. 26% from three on three Demon. and a half attempts per game. What do you think that true shooting percentage is good for? 39. 46.3. Yeah, he's pretty bad. What do you this is literally... If Stanley Johnson last year, the last two years, Stanley Johnson was more efficient than that the last two years. Imagine the last two years, Stanley Johnson taking 18 shot attempts per game. Oh, my word. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty bad. But either way. That's probably why you liked him so much. You're just like, someday they're going to get, they're going to get some young guy that I'm going to be in love with and I'm going to have to defend him, so I'm going to pretend Josh Smith isn't so bad now so when it, Stanley Johnson shows up, I don't have to... <laughs> I don't have to lie. <laughs> All right, now while Joe's over there having a good old time, like, the point, I was just throwing out there that a younger version of Cougar Hill before this whole writing analyst stuff happened, Cougar Hill liked him. So you're admitting that you have a terrible taste in basketball players. That's what you're admitting. I don't believe that's true. Hey, you want to know what's good with the Hawks? Here, you want to know my, you know, honestly, talk about Josh Smith. You know what? That dude came into the league like eight years too early. Like, if he came into the league now, he'd be awesome. He'd be a perfect small ball five, smart passer, good defender, can switch across positions. They also probably would have an easier time convincing him not to take stupid ass shots. Like, if Josh Smith played today, he'd be a really nice fit. But yeah, he was good with the Hawks, Joe. So let's, I mean, let's go ahead and just stop. Good that. might be a bit of a stretch. Nah, he, nah, he was good with the Hawks. But either way, Rick talking about Ricky Jackson. Be a bit the of a stretch is, there. The point. Could, the point. You want to know, know something, Coop? Cool? You want to know something? Oh God! Want to know my deep dark secrets? You want to know one of my favorite all time players is Monta Ellis. I like so, Monte too. So I don't I don't really get to complain because Monte Ellis was never very good. In fact, other than that one year with the Mavericks, he mostly was actually like bad. Like he actively made your team worse. But I still love him. I own a Monte Ellis Milwaukee Bucks jersey. I own one too. That's a true thing. I have one. It's in my closet. <laughs> it was after he got traded to the Bucks and it was on sale for like fifteen dollars. And I was like, yes. Monta. Right, Give that okay, to me. Okay, you're going to chill out my man Monte. That's first. Second. No, I love Monta. He's yeah, my man. Don't make fun of his jersey. I'm not making fun of his jersey. I'm saying I picked it up. I couldn't resist. The point is, Pistons fans, Reginald Jackson is not going anywhere, whether you like it or not. So you're going to have to deal with it, man. You're just going to have to. Yeah, stuck with him. And it really, it, it really pays off for the Pistons because next year 
he'll be he'll have higher trade value. So then will be the time to move him. Higher might be a little bit of a that might be a he'll little bit of more, an overstatement. He won't be negative, I tell you that much. He will be easier to move. Would be a yes. more accurate thing. So here's really what the Pistons have to hope. Okay, for more reasons than one. They have to hope that whether it's because Reggie Jackson starts to shoot better or because they start to let him do different things and he does well in Won't them, happen. somehow or another, they really have to hope that Reggie Jackson starts to play better. Um, because first off is just simple fact that the team will be much better now. Like if Reggie Jackson was shooting 36% from three instead of 33, they'll be much better as a team. That's the first thing. Then second off, if he starts to play better, it then will become exponentially easier to move him next year. What they really need to hope he gets to, at the very least, would be the level where they could do, like, a Dennis Schroeder thing, right? Where, now, Schroeder was different because, obviously, there was Carmelo. But basically, where they can convince a team to, potentially even a team trying to win basketball games, convince a team that they're okay with paying Reggie Jackson too much for one season to be their backup. That's basically what you have to hope for. That's their, that's the best-case scenario for the Pistons getting off of Reggie Jackson's contract without giving up significant assets. That'll basically be it. So, so think about this. You're a big Reggie Jackson fan. Just, yeah. let's, let's just talk about that real quick. Mm-hmm. This man literally just like five years ago forced his way out of Oklahoma City so he could be a starter. Yeah, now, but he's everyone's pretty much said he's he's matured a lot in that extent. So oh, I wouldn't no, that, I wouldn't be worried about having him as a backup. No, no, that wasn't my point. That wasn't my point. My point was you're a big Reggie Jackson fan. How bad do you feel for this guy? This guy wanted forced his way out of Oklahoma City to be a starter, and now you, Reggie Jackson fan, Reggie Jackson stand number one. That said that he we have to convince a good team to take him on as a backup. So after five five years later, he's already going right back to the role that he was that he forced his way out of five years ago. I don't feel How bad for him at all. Feel I, don't feel, I, don't, I don't feel bad for him at all. He got paid. So <laughs> see, see, okay, for everybody that doesn't see Joe right now, see Joe just tries his hard. I'd be trying to get Joe and like hit him with a okay, hit him with no, the right look, hook every now okay. and then. And Joe, I feel bad because I think Reggie Jackson is better than this. Right? I feel bad. I do not feel bad for Reggie Jackson. What he really wanted wasn't just to be a starter. What Reggie Jackson wanted was to get paid. Right? Like, let's be abundantly clear about that. And he got paid. He got a big contract. So, no, I don't feel bad for Reggie Jackson. I feel bad about it because I think he's better than he is now. Obviously, the injuries played a big role in what's happened to him. I still, I'm sure a lot of Pistons fans do think about what if he had never had the issues he had the last two seasons. Like, how much could be different right now? Um, What if he was still the guy he was that first full season where he was, like, legitimately a borderline all-star caliber player? Um, but Reggie Jackson himself, no, I don't feel bad for him because he forced his way out because he wanted to get paid, and he got paid. So I don't feel bad for Reggie Jackson. In other words, Joe just covers his steps so well that he'll he makes it impossible for you to pull a quick one on him at all. It just it's impossible. No, if you, you wanted throw, to you can throw your hand okay, up in there, you want but here's, it's, it's you want to know why it's impossible to pull a quick one on me. Because if you had read off a bunch of statistics trying to get me about my favorite player, 
I would have instantly recognized him as my favorite player, and I wouldn't have accidentally said that Jeff Teague is better than Derrick Rose. He's not. So that's that's why you can't get me. That's why. Not because I'm just, oh, you just cover your chest. Yeah, one of these days, I'm going to have to, when we start this podcast up, one of these days, I'm going to hear, hey, Joe, who do you think is better? And then I'll read you the per 100 possessions. We'll see who who's better. Per 100 possessions? Why would or you? Why would you oh, read actually, per hundred possessions? I could just. <laughs> why would you go with per hundred possessions? What are you like a Neanderthal? Maybe I I can go per thirty six. I can go regular stat line. I can just go two shooting percentage. I can do all of it. Five year lean day. He's been balling. He's been balling. Been balling a little bit less recently. Oh, and before we end the podcast, everyone go get at. Oh yeah, this is gonna be great. This is. <laughs> I've waited for this for so long. I was waiting for something like this. Everyone go hit up at Sham Sham God. Not only does at Sham Sham God, not only did he, yes, the little Thanos of Pistons Twitter, that 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 little little name he's given himself. He told me before the season, Derrick Rose would not shoot over 35%, made a pull from three, made a pull, and he tried to put me on blast in front of Twitter. So not only is Derrick Rose shooting 47% from three. Guess what Mr. At Sham Sham God told me yesterday? Joe, you remember what he told us yesterday? No. He told us that Derrick Rose would be a good fit for the Detroit Pistons right now. Someone the Pistons, he would help the Pistons right now. Hey, yo, Same person me... who told me last year Derrick Rose would be out the, out the NBA and try to put me on blast in the offseason. Everyone me, go after let him. Let me scoot in here. At, I'm going to toot my own horn for you a sec. I I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I think I did, didn't I? That, like, I didn't think he'd do what he's done so far this year, and I'm still skeptical that he'll keep up this high level of play. But I said before the season, I was like, I actually wouldn't hate Derrick Rose. I wouldn't hate having him on the Pistons. Right? Like, I said that, right? Joe did say that. Joe did. Because it's like the Pistons need some more ball handling. They need some more guys who can break down a defense and – well, that's before Joe, me and Joe knew that pick and rolls and just yeah, punching yeah. defense was going to be eliminated. Yeah. From- yeah, before we realized that that was banned from Detroit. <laughs> You're only allowed to post up. That is the only offense that is allowed to be had in the Pistons <laughs> land. We don't care if it's Zaza freaking Pachulia. We're posting oh somebody Zaza, up. Zaza we are posting someone up, damn it. Don't Dude, care Zaza who it is. Been, Zaza actually has been like posting up like legit like the past few games like getting the ball in the post and actually trying to do his own post <laughs> that dude i don't know why he's still playing if john lure's healthy <laughs> zaza's so bad man like he's so bad i, I don't think i said this on the podcast i think i was just talking to you maybe i did say on the podcast but here's the thing okay so blake griffin turns the ball over quite a bit right which is a function of him having the ball a bunch Zaza Pachulia has a higher turnover percentage than Blake Griffin does. <laughs> Literally. Zaza Pachulia's true shooting percentage of 51%. Oh, my word. Yeah, it's, he's not very good. He can't jump over a phone book. Oh, and and what's it called? He tried hurting, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, I guess the 76ers game? Yeah. I think it was the 76ers. Get that dude off my team. Yeah, Zaza's not that good. Hey, yo, just because, you know, and you'll you'll appreciate this too. Talk about the Timberwolves, right? So Jeff Teague is their starting point guard, right? Sadly. Jeff Teague is scoring 11.7 points per game, 
shooting 38% from the field, 32% from three. <laughs> He's got, what's his true shooting percentage? True shooting percentage of 51%. Reggie Jackson's playing better than that. Yeah, Although, to Jeff Teague's credit, he's um he's dishing 8.2 assists per game against just 2.3 turnovers. That's pretty, that's elite level passing. But, yeah, Not I'm just, I'm bad. just trying to, I'm just trying to pump up my, my mans. No, nah, I, I, yeah, he, he's, I definitely would rather have Red over Jeff Teague. I've, I've, I've watched these T Wolves all season because my my man's is there, and that man Jeff T just I don't think he's very good anymore. Yeah, no. Oh, you know, speaking of people who aren't very good anymore, George Hill is not good. People. Oh yeah, another stop, one. Go at, at Sam stop, Sam God because he's not coming at Joe. Stop bringing up George Hill's like. Well, I wish the Pistons had gotten George Hill. George Hill is not good at basketball anymore. Like, seriously, dude doesn't play well. He's old. He can't move. He's not a good defender anymore. And people just, that's funny. People just go, well, he shot, he shot, he was shooting 40% from three for the Cavs. He shot 40% last year. Last season with the Sacramento Kings, he was comically gun shot. Like, it was a running joke among Kings fans that he refused to shoot so that his three-point percentage would stay looking good so he could get traded. Like, it was a running joke. After getting traded to Cleveland, he shot 35% from three last year. And on that Cleveland team that was so desperate for anyone other than LeBron to do anything, the dude still could not crack 10 points per game. 9.4 points per game on a true shooting percentage of 54%. Like, just, and not a good defender anymore. He doesn't do anything. Like, that dude was not the answer. Let me be abundantly clear about that. He's so bad that the Cavaliers took on $20 million in salary next year, and they still convinced the Bucks to give them a first-round pick to get George Hill. That's how bad George Hill is. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. It's fine. Yeah, George I, Hill's sure not all good. The listeners are gonna look. George Hill's not good. He was never an option for the Pistons. Never a good option. Would have been a disaster. That guy is not a good basketball player anymore. He is. I would literally rather start Jose Calderon. Okay, I see. No, now we're venturing off. I am. I am dead serious. I would rather no, start no, Jose Calderon than George Hill. Don't chill out, man. Come on. Nope. I'm dead serious. George <laughs> Hill. Too far. George Hill is not good at basketball. Nah, we'll see, you guys know that Sam Sharp meme that whoa, 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 whoa. That that's exactly that's exactly my face when George is. I was with him all the way. I was with the Jose Calderon. I was like whoa, whoa. Yeah, he's not that bad. He's not worth. Yes, the Jose. he is. He is that bad. He's not worth Jose. Cool. He's that bad. I'm serious. I've watched. Okay, we, we, I've watched. We okay, so one of the guys writes from my site, all right? John Zuck, he's a Kings fan. Let me tell you something. Yep. George Hill sucks. He's terrible. He's not okay. good. Right, the dude right. is a corpse. Uh, okay, now <laughs> we're talking he corpse. He's a corpse. Oh, corpse. Literally looks like a he is a corpse with a bullet in his nervous system 
that is slowly falling out, and as it goes, it occasionally hits a nerve and causes him to twitch slightly. <laughs> that is what George Hill is. He can't play anymore. He would not have been any good for the Pistons. And on top of that, why would you want the Pistons to have made that deal? You would like to give up a first-round pick for a guy who's terrible? Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I'm, sure, I, I'm sure the listeners are going to love this one. This is Joe made a, Joe made a poll the other day. I oh, think yeah. It was yesterday. Should, should we record our little after-the-pod discussion? Should we be getting heated? I was going to do that as separate podcasts, though. Well, we pretty much just went yeah, all in. Yeah, pretty much. This one. Oh, we should probably wrap this up then, uh, since we've <laughs> we've descended fully into the barber shop. Um, do you have anything that you want to say here to finish off, Koo? Uh, You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and shout out my man's D Rose, having a good season, oh, man. Shout Lord. out D Rose. Uh, shout out. <laughs> as as I do this, Joe leans back in his chair just in disbelief. <laughs> But yeah, I got shot my man's out. I should have found a different co host. (laughs) I would rather have George Hill as a co host than you. Nah, the people love me. The people love me. No, the people need this side. Ain't no one love you. Nah, you need this side to balance out Joe's whole I see the logic and everything because then you just you just wouldn't be able to listen to nothing. Yeah, that is a nice point because you don't even try to see the logic in anything. That's a, you know what? That's fair enough. There you go. Shout out Derek Rose. He raped a woman. Got away with it. Shout out for that. You know? That's, you know. That's just that's just not factual. He actually but he actually won a thing against her. Yeah, I know. Didn't he? Like just today, right? It was today? I think so. Or yesterday. I know I know like a week and a half not in a week half, oh. like a couple weeks ago, she went and tried to get it back and they pretty much told her I think it officially no. happened today that he won an injunction or whatever. I don't know the legal jargon, but he won something against her. I mean, well, you know, this is going to get me destroyed on Twitter because Coo, Joe wants Coo, to bring us up. Okay, Koo, you know how um, when Bill Simmons and Jalen Rose would do their would do their show together, Jalen would occasionally yeah. go, "Don't get fired, Bill. Don't get fired, Koo." Well, I mean, I, I mean, Joe's the one who said it. So I I'm guess I'm the one who can fire you, can't I? It's yeah. my podcast. Well, Joe brought it up, so. <laughs> uh, obviously, from what you guys have seen, I, I'm one of those people who don't believe he did it, so. Oh, my word. We men, you can assume. I mean. Who, this podcast has completely gone off the rails. Do you have anything <laughs> pro- Do you have anything productive to say? I should edit out this entire last half hour. No, no, give this, no, give this, <laughs> people love to hear it. No, I ain't got nothing to say. Follow me on Twitter at NBA. Subscribe to the podcast. Joe hasn't said this. Joe hasn't said subscribe to the podcast the past couple of podcasts. He's been slacking. So subscribe to the podcast and whatever you listen to, was it Stitcher, iTunes, doesn't matter. Just subscribe to us. Follow me. Check out Piston Powered. Check out uh, Joe's site, and you know that's all I got to say. Oh, and make sure you get at Sham. Get make, make sure you guys get yeah. at Sham Sham guy. Go yeah. after him for everything he said to me. Try to put me on blast. He tries to act like he's never wrong. So now that he's wrong, we have yeah. to like bombard him with he's wrong tweets. Yeah, honestly, I'm perfectly okay with Derrick Rose having a really good season if it means we get to make fun of Sham. I'm. Yes, I exactly. actually. That is an acceptable trade off for me. Dealing yes, with you very much. 
is an acceptable trade-off with getting to make fun of Sham. Because remember, that initial bet was actually that Derrick Rose wouldn't shoot over 33% from three. That was the initial bet. And then he doubled yeah, or nothing to 35. Yeah. So oh yeah, I'm, we have a new bet going on now because he got he's getting a little scared. He heard that the forty percent, and if, we, if if he shoots over forty percent, I now get to go to a Pistons game of his of of my choosing. He pays for it, so yeah. No, he's, he's getting a little scared. He runs scared. He's running scared. That's for sure. All right, All right so, go ahead. Wrap hashtag free Reggie Jackson. Let the man run pick and rolls. Stay beautiful, everybody. Go Pistons.